Good evening, Little Saigon, Seattle. Good evening, good evening to Los Angeles. That's L.A. to some of you. Good evening to the people of Chicagoland. Good evening to the people of Michigan, Upper and Lower Peninsula. Good evening to the people that live in the great state of Maine. So close to Nova Scotia. Yeah, it's March the 9th, 2021, and it's right around 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time here in Seattle. Today was an interesting day. It started out gray, gray and brown, and then it became bluish, and then grayish brown again, and then blue again. That was nice. Builder, builder, builder. There are those that build, and there are those that destroy. Your bottom art beefcake. Your bottom art beefcake. You tired little boy. Living a gutter dream. Living a gutter dream with all the rat guardians. Tired and afraid, never gonna get laid. And after the swamp apocalypse, after the swamp apocalypse, when the croc demons arise. Your world you will despise.
despise. You're a Murph clown. Living in Vegas, always on the run from your fears. You're the King Slink. Filled with gunkus and lies. Tired of flies. Eating turd droppings by the lane. Going insane. going insane. Severed and abused, used, disclosed, and undiagnosed. Schizo man, trolley funk, dude. Yeah, so that pretty much captures how I'm feeling right about now. Today was an okay day, I guess. It wasn't the worst day. It's a Tuesday. So have you heard of this Andrew Cuomo scandal? How he sexually harassed multiple women. They think there's six now. When there's six, there's a dozen. When there's a dozen, there's 24. 24 women... 24 women victimized by Governor Andrew Cuomo. Of course, you know, we've all stopped talking about all the murdered old people. We have been talking about the story of Andrew Cuomo, right? Not all of us. Some of us don't get suckered. I, I, I know people who don't get sucked, suckered into these trauma monkeys. I, I talk about these trauma monkeys because they're interesting to me. It's not what they reveal because they're mostly packages of lies and deceptions and confusion. Even the trauma monkeys that are purportedly true and probably are true, like, for example... The, the issues of pedophiles and, and the power elite. I believe this is a real thing. 
But do I think anyone's going to go to jail or be punished in any meaningful way? No, that's A. And B, I would say, yeah, surf's up. Because if those guys were running scared a few years ago, which I really don't think they were, they're definitely not now. Now I think it's probably surf up, right? Surf's up. All those undocumented children. But even with all that, even though I know that these things are true, they're still strategic, in my opinion, because there's no resolution. They give you this horrible problem bullshit. They tell you there's a disaster, but there's never really a solution. It's just more disaster. And that kind of is the story of government, if we can just get, you know, cut right to the chase. Even when it comes to real things that are problems, even when it comes to problems that they did not create, because I I don't know how to break it to you, there are many catastrophes throughout history, including significant ecological catastrophes, that are 100% about government. They really are. You, You wouldn't have them happen without it, okay? I really don't think any rational person in the marketplace about a hundred years ago or plus or minus would have said, you know what we really need? We need a single bomb that can destroy an entire city. Because according to the thoughts of, you know, I don't know, fucking Albert McGee or John Smith or... I don't think people, rational human beings, all things being equal, 70 or 80 years ago, you know, would have said to themselves, what we're really missing is a nuclear bomb. I'm not saying that the discoveries in Germany in 36, because let's just point this out, I believe it was 1936 when fission, fission nuclear power, was first kind of, you know, demonstrated. Of course, it was at the University of Chicago with Enrico Fermi a little later on. Enrico Fermi, who set up a pile of slightly enriched uranium underneath, I believe, the football stands at the University of Chicago or something like that. That's the mythology. I don't know if that's the complete truth, but I think it's pretty close to it. He set up a hobo nuclear reactor. Good old Enrico Fermi's hobo reactor. Oh yeah, go take a measurement. Do I need shielding, professori? Do you want children? want triple-headed children? Yeah. Anyways, I don't think rational people would build nukes, so don't want to don't go down that rabbit hole at this moment. The Andrew Cuomo scandal, um, the, the scandal involving sexual harassment, the, the thing I just want to get through here in this topic, because I don't really, I don't know if I want to read this article even. You know, there's this article, maybe I'll read it, It comes from the Times Union. 
Times Union, and the link is in the notes, and the author is Brendan J. Lyons. Dateline, March 9th, 2021. Headline, headline, Cuomo faces new sexual harassment allegation, this time at Executive Mansion. Female aide claims Governor touched her inappropriately. Complaint reported to the Attorney General. I don't know if I want to read the whole article, but I'll read some of it. Albany, a sixth woman has leveled allegations of sexually inappropriate conduct against Governor Andrew M. Cuomo, accusing him of touching her without consent late last year during an encounter at the governor's mansion. The Times Union has confirmed. The alleged incident took place after the woman... After the woman... After the woman, a member of the governor's executive chamber staff. Whoa. There's such a thing as executive chamber maiden staff? Had been summoned to the mansion. Had been summoned to the mansion. To assist the governor with a work-related matter. The woman's supervisors recently became aware of the allegation and alerted the governor's council of it on Monday. Wow. An official close to the matter on Tuesday confirmed to the Times Union of an official close to the matter. An official close to the matter. An official close to the matter on Tuesday. Confirmed to the Times Union that the new allegation had been made, although Cuomo, during a news conference hours later, denied knowledge of it. Of course he did. <sighs> Why am I reading this? In response to detailed questions about the handling of the woman's allegations by the governor's office, Beth Garvey, acting counsel to the governor, said, and I quote, All allegations that we learn of directly or indirectly are going promptly to the investigators appointed by the Attorney General. Wow. That's good news. Cuomo, in a conference call with reporters on Tuesday afternoon, did not deny touching women, but repeated his statement from last week that if he did, it was not, and I quote, inappropriate. First, I'm not aware of any other claim, he said. As I said last week, this is very simple. I never touched anyone inappropriately. I never made any inappropriate advances. No one ever told me at the time that I made them feel uncomfortable. Obviously, there are people who said after that, after the, after the fact, after the fact, they felt uncomfortable. They felt uncomfortable. 
The woman has not filed a formal complaint with the governor's office. Her allegations were, were reported to the governor's council by other employees in the executive chamber. What the fuck is that? The executive chamber. The, informative, the information also was relayed by the governor's office to the attorney general's office, which is coordinating an investigation into multiple allegations of sexual harassment that have been made against the governor. The six women could not be reached for comment. Whoa, magical six. Yeah. The investigation being coordinated by the Attorney General's office is being handled by two private attorneys, June H. Kim. Oh, yeah, holy fuck, something one. Oh, that's racist. June H. Kim, a former acting U.S. attorney for New York Southern District in Manhattan, and Ann L. Clark, who specializes in labor law and sexual harassment cases. Which means she knows the sexual harassment panda. She knows. Yeah, you know, I didn't really want to read that article. And if you really feel like you want to read it again, it, the link is in the notes. Um, I have a hard time expressing how confusing this all is because it's crazy. It's crazy because I don't believe it's that accidental or that random. I don't believe this onslaught of accusations is just a random event that suddenly it was recently, like in the last week or so that people figured this shit out. If a person's a predator as described, they're probably a predator their whole fucking adult life and he's not a young man. So if he's been a predator, there are probably allegations going back decades, and that's plural. But the chances that people just found out, the chances that people in the know just, well, we just found out, you know, it's like every other time. We just found out, how could we know? How could we know? Sure, we went to Epstein Island. Sure, we saw, you know, women who look really too young to even be in high school. But hey, um, and I should say girls, but hey, how could we know for certain? How could we know? That is the common excuse, guys. But what is weird in this case is that I think Governor Cuomo did the same thing that Governor Inslee did in 2020. I think he killed some folks. Taking advice from, you know, the great lecturer Charles Manson. Yeah, I, I think that Cuomo and Inslee, and there are some other governors who made decisions, and I think they made deliberate decisions that put people's lives in jeopardy, and I think it was on purpose. So the best reason to have what, you know, to quote, I think Hillary Clinton or one of her advisors from the 90s, a bimbo eruption. I don't know if Hillary said that back in the 90s during the whole Monica Lewinsky crapola but you know bimbo eruption well this is interesting it's happening at a really good time because the motherfucker andrew cuomo should be in jail on charges of murder in the very least that that's the least crime here that's the crime he should be awaiting trial for is murder 
mass murder. And if this were a just world that lived up to its principles, he would be heading to the Hague Court, the International Court. And he would be facing, you know, cr you know, charges of crimes against humanity. That is what they did. That's what they're still doing. So if you're really interested in this lurid bullshit, which I think is probably real. On the other hand, I think these women were probably also in many cases paid to be quiet. And when it became time for them to not be quiet, I wouldn't be surprised if they were paid to speak up. That's the reality. That's the trauma monkey. That's the confusion. That's what you need to think about. Will there be an eighth hooker republic of chop chess? You remember the rise of that communist hellhole on Capitol Hill last summer. Yes, amongst the scrumbly folk and the high-priced condos, amongst the rat armies and the old raccoon kings. There was a rise of an institution, a kind of weird society of the scrumbly folk. Do you remember? Will there be an eighth hook a republic of chop chess? Will Lord Raz rise from the ashes of his disgrace? Will Lord Raz, Lord Raz, rise from the ashes of his disgrace? Will he form mob armies and storm the ramparts of Cal Anderson and reestablish the hooker regime of commie washouts and bug-eating bile freaks? Will there be a giant swizzle pond into which are tossed the sacrifices, peppered steak mongrels, emblazoned by their wrathful and rage-filled, angst-ridden little pubic souls? Into the pond they tossed their dreams and their schemes and their teachers and their leechers. Into the pit they toss old ladies and old men and some long-forgotten uncles that can slowly decay. Will bodies be burnt ceremonially? Will there be a kingdom of raccoons and old stale white bread tumba jerks? Will there be when Chop Chazia rises again? Will Chop rise? If Lord Roz rises, will he respect the power of the ancient eel kings? Will he build a home base made of crystal and steel and lead and fury? Will he make tacos and give them away? Or will the great lordstress, Margula, set him on fire, turn his dreams into broken skulls? If Chop rises. 
The last Bishop of Vegas will receive resounding support from Hooker and Pimp factions in Detroit. East Coast rappers will sell their gold teeth to find the Elf Passage and take their meth-head women to the grinder. As if cheese beagles were just on the menu for the fun of it. As if cheese beagles were on the menu just for the fun of it. I recall them saying Chop is dead and then dumping the body in the sea. But do they not know the sea is filled with pus crabs and dried bread eagles? But do they not know the sea is filled with pus crabs and dried bread eagles and ocean chicken and wandering nine-eyed squid groans? This was not intended to be the hot tub for your mom's last birthday done. I want to talk about something and I don't really want to spend a long time on it because it's kind of a dark subject and before I go too deep into it, trigger alert, the subject deals with issues that involve life and death. As if you wouldn't know, listening to the Little Saigon Report, we don't really cover the wine festival. We don't really cover that... that really cool concert that's going on at the Seattle Opera House. Who gives a fuck? They're all living in plastic bottles now anyways. It's as if everything has been put into a plastic bottle or a, a little glass bottle with a little ship inside, right? That's COVID. A ship in a bottle. No, this topic is dark. And so before I go too deep into it, you just need to understand that. Um... I made a weird choice today. I had the money, if I'd wanted to, to buy a bunch of beer and get drunk, but instead of doing that, I decided not to. And I could have. I could have, and I had run out of reasons to not do it a long time ago. Frankly, in a way, before this nonsense ever started, but definitely about a year ago, I ran out of my last reasons to give any kind of fucks at all. And and I again, I'm not looking for anybody to either have sympathy or understanding or respect. I, I accept my own judgment because the only life that is being destroyed by it is mine. And if you can etch out a functional life in this hellhole, God bless you. I cannot. There is not a functional way for to make this torture box work. 
I know people that can. I know people that are. I know that there are people out there either virtually going to jobs or maybe even starting to go to jobs, like with masks on and with vaccination cards and playing the fucking hokey pokey game that they're playing. And maybe this can go on forever. I don't see how. Depending upon the cosmology you adopt, humans either showed up about 5,000 years ago on planet Earth, per the Bible, or about a quarter of a million years ago, per natural science. But let's assume the latter and not the former. In 250,000 years of Homo sapiens, according to the current theories, according to the current models, in that whole period of time, we've had this brief little slice of what we call civilization. You know, building these fertile communities along river deltas, using more advanced techniques of farming, subsistence farming, and then ultimately building out these huge elaborate societies with cultures and whatnot and languages. And I think there were a lot of bad decisions made not the least of which was the, was the road of going down, you know, government is good. I think that was kind of a, a grift from the beginning, but it's a grift that works because people get scared. And so a lot of them need to be convinced that if there isn't somebody watching in the night all the time that is ordered to, ordered to do it, not because they're a good neighbor, not because they're a human being, but because someone pays them if there isn't someone paid in order to watch on the tower, nobody will watch. I think that's bullshit, but that is the theory of government. We have to pay people to be the good people because we're all shitbirds. And then if the question comes up, well, where do we find these good people? The answer is, well, we don't know. Read Plato's Republic and fuck you. Read Plato's Republic and fuck you. That is generally the response. Well, here's what I want to talk about. Um, I want to talk about torture. And torture comes in different forms. When I was in the service a long time ago, and it feels like a billion years ago, I was basically told the United States does not torture because that would be a violation of, well, one, the rules of war, and two, general agreements we had, international agreements, agreements that came into existence mostly after World War II. We don't torture. This is what they told us. We don't torture people. We don't believe in torture. We think there are better ways. We don't do it. That is the bullshit that they'll tell you when you're a cadet preparing to become an officer in the military. The fact is, our government has been torturing people ever since it came into existence. Now, just because it started out torturing Native Americans, don't fool yourself. Our government cut its teeth on torturing and killing Native Americans and Mexicans. And then finally, when it was ready, it turned its teeth on us about 100 years ago. And that's when that started. And that's when the torture, you know, became focused on everybody. But it's not a new thing. So what they were telling me back in the 90s, I could have known better. I could have been less stupid could have been a lot less stupid. I could have realized it was total bullshit, but I didn't because you know what? I was still living in this little box labeled Washington State, and as crappy as shit seemed to be, my little world that I lived in was still kind of not so terrible. 
And when your own little world that isn't so terrible stays not so terrible, you tend to go with the flow. If the flow says, hey, it's this week with David Brinkley, and, you know, of course you're going to have your Archer Daniels Midland commercials, which never made sense to me back then, but now make perfect sense, okay? But yeah, there's this general flow, this general paradigm. You know, you can call it the Overton window if you want to, but there's this general paradigm, as long as you accept it, everything's fine, everything's okay, you pay your taxes, you buy your house, you go to college, not necessarily in that order, but um, maybe you do. I don't know. And ever since 9-11, I, like so many other Americans, have come to realize that the shit I believed when I was young was shit. And at first, I thought it was just a little bit of shit. Like, well, I was a little wrong, you know. But if we, if we have the right people in charge, that's the general theory that libertarians follow. That if you have the right people in charge, we can go back to something like a free republic. But here's the thing you learn. We had a free republic. It existed under the Articles of Confederation and the Revolutionary Government from approximately 1775, when the revolution roughly really kicked off hot, to 1787. So for about 10 years, for about a decade, some of that was the war with, you know, we were at war. But for the period of time following the war, we had a free republic. We had a free society. Yes, 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 it was not perfect, but it functioned. It didn't have a national army. It didn't have a national bank. And I think people were wise enough to know back then those were things you probably did not want. And then in 1787, there was a coup. And that's what it was. It was a coup. The Constitution was a fucking coup. We need to get over that. At first, it was a coup that only harmed certain people. Because back then, and I call the government the crocodile sometimes, back then the crocodile was only about three feet long. And about all it could do was go around and terrorize Native Americans. Some in Florida, the Seminole, the Cherokee. And then they would focus on the Cheyenne and other tribes. So at first, mostly, what they did was, you know, kill Native Americans, round them up, practice. And the theory goes, the libertarian says, well, we just need to shrink it back. But libertarians, when it was shrunken, it still did nothing but bad. This is the thing people don't get. What you really want is a tiny mobster, okay? The government is a mobster. It's organized crime. It's a sham. It's a grift. Okay, what you want as a minarchist or a voter libertarian, and I know that this topic is going all over tangents, but I don't give a fuck. What you want as a libertarian, essentially, is to vote yourself a tiny little, you know, Mr. Soprano, Godfather type person, just tiny. But it's still going to go around victimizing. It's still going to go around starting shit. It's still going to go around being a bully. Even if it's a little tiny bully, it's still a bully we don't need. Now let's get back to the topic. Our government tortures people. Our government has always tortured people. It just, like I said, started out with Native Americans mostly. And, you know, African Americans and Mexicans. But for the most part, our government has been doing torture for quite a long fucking time. 
It's not a new thing. And after World War II, when we got our Nazis, our favorite Nazis, you know, that should have been a movie in the 50s. My favorite Nazi. You know, not my favorite father figure bullshit Martian crap. My favorite Nazi. You know, instead of Bewitched, instead of these weird sitcoms about witches and Martian bullshit, they should have had my favorite Nazi. My favorite Nazi on every Sunday night, sponsored by... <laughs> sponsored by... Cadillac... And Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike cigarettes, every doctor knows it'll improve your T-zone. Yeah, your T-zone. Those doctors and scientists, they're always on your side. Remember that, yeah. So the torture's been going on a long time, and the Nazis, they helped us. The Nazis did terrible experiments during World War II, and, and frankly, so did the Soviets. And the Soviet Union isn't what we think it ever was. It was always another kind of limited hangout on a historical scale, just like the Nazis. But but we did. We learned from the Nazis. We we learned from the Soviets. We learned how to torture people. And, and the Nazis taught us a bunch. They did a lot of studies. They studied how long it took for a naked person to freeze to death in the snow. They studied the effects of long-term sensory deprivation. They studied the effects of every way in which you can stress a person to the point of just wanting to die. The Nazis did that. And then we imported our favorite Nazis. And it was a show that played right after I Love Lucy. There are many things you can say about what went on in 2020 because it was this terrible thing, this terrible event, and I don't believe it's an oops. For people who think it was an accident or an oops, that kind of an oops is implausible. It just is. Mainly because these are the motherfuckers you trust to run things. So if you truly believe it was an oops, then what the fuck are you putting your faith in? These are the fuckers that control nuclear weapons. Oops. So no, I don't think 2020 was oops. I think it was a purposeful type thing. I, I think on one level, as I've said for about a year, it was the great robbery. And it still is. It still is the great robbery. On one level, it should be uncontroversial that in the summer of 2019, the short-term lending markets blew up, the repo markets. And guess what? They're starting to blow up again. <laughs> Anywho, in the summer of 2019, you remember then? Remember back in the summer of 2019 when rock and roll was cool? When you could go to a dance and dance with people without a mask on? Or plastic bags over your head? Yeah, in the summer of 2019, and um, I believe Zoltan Pozar, who is kind of an analyst type person, you can research that for yourself, I have a few podcasts on the subject. In the summer of 2019, the short-term lending market, the lending market that banks use to lend money to each other, started to freeze up. And it was running out of liquidity. And that was a problem because this type of liquidity, this type of funding is literally what allows this globalist shit to work. It allows the container ships to arrive. 
It allows your electricity to show up in your fucking wall socket. All this new world order, neo-Stalinist bullshit goes awry if the ability for banks to exchange letters of credit or guarantees breaks down. That is the, that, that's the actual lending that keeps shit going, okay? And that lending started blowing up in the, 29, in the summer of 2019. And then you have, you know, event 201 bullshit and you have all the fucking prep work of Bill Gates and others. And then you have 2020. You can say what you want to. It wasn't an oops. And here's another thing. It's been torture. It's been absolute torture. It has been psychological torture. And if you get suckered into the mass bullshit, it's physical torture. And it's harmful. It's the kind of torture that's destroying people. It's destroying families. These lies are destroying families. These lies are destroying people's existence. So here's the philosophical question for this very, very long-winded topic. Do you have a moral obligation to hang in there if you are being tortured? And I say this, be, and I say this in the way that I'm saying it because if I'm right about what's going on, they really do just want people to kill themselves. They do. Okay, a lot of people, they just don't care. They don't care how many people do it. Maybe they just want a few people. Maybe they figure it'll be the people they just don't want part of their new society. So they figure if they make it bad enough for those people, if they push them to their limits, they will just self-select, you know, for euthanasia. But the practical matter is this is physical torture. Going outside for me right now, walking down the street, and seeing that pretty much everybody's wearing a mask or half-ass wearing it, and everyone is sort of basically bought into this, and, and in some cases really bought in. Like, I will see people with two or three masks on, and I'll say to myself, what the fuck is going on? I want to scream, but I also know that that would make me the crazy person, you know, and invasion of the body snatchers. Everybody points their finger at you and goes, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're not a pod person yet. You live in a pod, but you're not a pod. What's wrong with you, Dan? Are we morally obligated to exist under conditions of torture? And I, and I ask this question because I am a Christian. I, the last few weeks, I've been a really terrible Christian, but I'm a Christian. I believe in God. And I think there's a very good chance that the main event, so to speak, could be near. I think that that's probably true. I don't know that it's definitely true, so I don't want to fear monger, I don't want to scare people. But yeah, there are days I wake up and I think maybe we're pretty close to the end of the story. But I really don't know. I can tell you that as Christians go, in the last few weeks, I've been kind of a crappy Christian. I've had a hard time praying. Um, I've had a lot of just these grievances that sometimes you end up having that you think are valid, but they're really not valid. It's just you're angry, you know, kind of angry at God because in reality, you're not angry at God. You're angry at the world, but God is the easiest target because, hey, God created the world, right? But when you dig deep enough into these problems that make you angry, what you find out is it wasn't really God that created those problems. It was people, people that were given free will and they made their choices. And their choices sucked. 
if you're being physically tortured, okay, let's talk about, let's just have an honest, dark conversation about physical torture. And this includes waterboarding for the dumbasses out there and, and all the other dumbasses who think tasers are safe. This includes tasers. This includes waterboarding. Frankly, this includes many forms of sensory deprivation or sleep deprivation. These are physically harmful. When your doctor tells you that you need sleep, you need to keep that thought in your head. So when the CIA guy tells you that their enhanced interrogation techniques are okay because sleep deprivation is okay, it's not torture, no. Your doctor will tell you that you need to sleep because your body needs to sleep. If you deny a person sleep, that's pretty much like denying them food. Eventually they will go crazy and eventually they will just die. They'll have a heart attack, they'll have a stroke. Guess what? The Nazis and their children did experiments like this back in the 60s when they could still do cool Nazi experiments. One of them involved monkeys and essentially an experiment where they stressed the monkeys out. At first, if the monkeys held the lever, they didn't get shocked. That's good little monkey. And then after a while, they randomized it. So even if the monkey held the lever, they still got shocked. Wow, doesn't that sound like 2020? What did they find out, those Nazi scientists at universities back in the 60s in America? They found out that that stresses the fuck out of a monkey. And that a stressed out fucking monkey has a stressed out stroke, heart attack, diabetes, liver failure, everything. That's what they learned. They learned that you can stress people out to the point of killing them. Of course they won't say that. We were studying stress. Of course you were studying stress. How many monkeys did you kill, Heinrich? While you were studying stress, stress of the monkey. <laughs> yeah, so that is a moral question. If you're being tortured, do you have a moral obligation to, to just want to keep living? And I don't really know the answer. When my sister Nancy was dying of cancer, and I think that this is true of other brothers and sisters before I continue, the feeling I had, I think others felt the same. I kind of felt like it seemed like torture. I thought that what she was going through was torture. When my mom was dying of stage four cancer, it looked like torture. The best analogy I've come up with in recent years is stage four cancer is like having C4 explosive distributed throughout your body in certain amounts, uneven amounts, and then having it slowly explode. Because C4 is a high explosive, which means it explodes fast, which means the rate of gas expansion is incredibly fast. But imagine it was a special kind of C4 that you could tune down. So instead of taking a fraction of a second to explode, it took just like six weeks. That's stage four cancer. A C4 explosive, explosive throughout your body, it goes off, but it takes six weeks to complete the explosion. Um, that's it. It is torture. It is cruel. And at a certain point in the process, um, you have to give people so many opiates, so much crap, including fentanyl, that if you have a loved one there, they're gone. They're pretty much gone because of the opiate. So if someone says, well, damn, you can give them pain relief, listen... 
there's a certain point when that C4, that, that multi-system cancer, is so exploding the body that the amount of opiate you have to use, basically, they're gone. You know, they're there, but they're on a big trip and they're halfway to heaven. So I'd say stage four cancer is torture. And if someone were to say to me, well, would you want to just go through it to the bitter end? The answer is no. If I have the means to avoid the bitter end, the last five or six weeks of stage four cancer, I don't know how to phrase this. Having seen it twice in the period of two years, you can have it. It is not dignified. It is not beautiful. It is not lovely. Okay, that doesn't mean that my sister or my mom did anything wrong. God bless them for choosing the martyr's path in a way. It's hard to want to do something like that. Me personally, I would not want to. And I think that's a valid choice. I think it's valid to say, I want to hang on for another day. And I think it's valid to say that at some point, the quality of life is so terrible that you also have a choice to say no. It should be a choice. This is also critical in that debate, that discussion about a person's life. Your life is yours. Your life, your disaster, your collection of whatever, your ice cream cone, that's your ice cream cone. If you end up using your ice cream cone to ruin other people's ice cream cones, like serial killers, for example, guess what? That was your choice. You're going to hell and you're a horrible motherfucker, but that's the deal. It's your fucking life. You make choices, you need to take responsibility for them, just like me, just like you, just like all of us. It is your fucking life. If you find yourself with stage four cancer and you wanna to fly to Brazil and have John of God or whatever crooked freak is currently selling psychic surgery, um, pull out some chicken gizzards and claim their tumors, you can do that. You can go get psychic surgery. It's your fucking life. It's your ice cream cone. It's your life, man. Our government has a history of torture. Okay? So when you hear enhanced interrogation and you think that's not torture, it's torture. Also, there's another word for what our government does, rendition. What is rendition? Well, let's just say for the sake of argument that there's a point at which, and, and I think they may have learned this, like I think there was a CIA guy in the early days, and I don't want to go into the details, but you can research this. He's the guy that was supposedly, he killed himself by jumping out of a hotel on acid, but in reality, he was probably killed. I think in the early days of the Cold War, the CIA, you know, definitely had its hands dirty on, you know, good old-fashioned American-style torture. And I think there were probably a lot of people who were part of that early CIA who got suckered and they saw this and they said, wait a minute, isn't this the shit the Nazis did? And I think this happened to people in the early CIA. And I think that's why a lot of people, you know, eh, they kind of disappeared, went to asylums paid off, went into retirement, which really means probably a grave. Anyways. Yeah, but I mean, by the time you get past the church commission and all the investigations of the 70s, the CIA had to figure a new strategy. And it did a few things. For example, all its fucked up bullshit, it, in, it, it did NGOs, like Black Lives Matter, for example. It did NGOs. No more Operation Chaos being run out of Langley 
You create an NGO, you create an ISIS, you create a fucking BLM, an Antifa. You, you train them up to act like doofuses. And then if you're lucky, you get to have a mastopia so you can use the same motherfuckers with the Proud Boys. Because no one's going to figure out that shit with those masks on. Yeah. Plausible fucking deniability up the yin-yang. But it turned out people got soft. So they figured out there were probably lines that ordinary people, maybe Americans, wouldn't cross. But we had allies. And our allies, the ones we picked, were usually terribly crooked pieces of crap. Like, for example... General Manuel, Manuel Noriega, or Saddam Hussein. Did you know Saddam Hussein was one of our bosom buddies at one point? People need to wake the fuck up. What we do is we put you on a fucking plane, and we send you to Egypt, or we send you to Israel, or we send you to fucking Saudi Arabia, or we send you someplace where they have no compunction of taking a metal hammer and smashing your testicles. And they will do that all day, all the live long day. They have torture factories. They know how to torture people at a large scale. Some of those societies have been torturing people forever. Yeah, rendition. And and I think we're at the point now where I'm not sure that's even an issue any longer. I think that they've done such a great job of dehumanizing the entire picture. The whole Overton window at this point on the left and the right, especially if you look at the rhetoric, the Republican-Democrat bullshit rhetoric, the entire paradigm has shifted to torture is okay. Torture's okay. Go ahead and torture. And so they won't need to rendition. They'll simply do it here. And they're already doing it, because this gets to the core of the topic, and I know I'm way, way long on this topic, but 2020 was torture for people. 2021 is still torture. What they're doing is torture. And at some point, people look in the mirror and say, this life is a miserable thing right now. I cannot make it work. There is no way for me to function in it. How do I do it? And in the last few weeks, I haven't had a good way to answer that question. What I will say is that as long as you have lungs to breathe and a heart that beats, as long as you still have some life in you, I think it makes sense to not give up. If only because we just don't know. We don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. We don't. That's one of the features of free will. That's one of the features of the universe. That's the... That's the fact and the, sem the simple separation between mankind and God, not the only one, but a big one, is God does know. But we finite little monkey Nazis, we don't really know. We don't know. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. So even though this psychological torture is bad, my basic 
statement would be, I'm trying to muddle through. I know a lot of you are. I think it's okay to wake up some days and say I'm done. If you've done that in the last few weeks, if you've woken up and show, you, know, you shake your fist at God and say, fuck you, God, fuck you, world, you guys all suck, you're zombie freaks, you're scumbags, I'm done. If you find yourself at that point, I get it. Because I've been there, we've all been there, especially 2020, 2021, the time we're in, you get there. And what makes it worse is that it does seem like a significant portion of the population is in the other place. The place of, this is okay, we can do this, this is, they wouldn't lie to us, they wouldn't harm us this way. There's no way they would do stupid shit like this, Dan. And I can bring up the fact that, yeah, they used nuclear bombs to frack for natural gas, yeah, they exploded thousands of thermonuclear devices above and below ground between 1945 and basically the early 60s, yeah, I could go down a list of all the wretched shit they've done and they still keep doing. I could talk about the depleted uranium that is spooled, and spooling's a process by which projectiles disintegrate, that is spooled across the entire Persian Gulf. I could talk about the fact that they have done nothing but produce a toxic, overly financialized, giant Jenga fucking tower of bullshit. They've told you lie after lie. They abuse you. They steal from you. They fund the commies that fuck with you. I I videotaped this, recorded this last summer. The city of Seattle helped chop Chastopia. They helped the fucking BLM Antifa bullshit. They helped the commie freaks. So there are literally people in high-priced condos in Capitol Hill, Seattle, who paid property taxes so that the city of Seattle could support a bunch of fucking commie freaks. And in reality, it was a psyop. It was torture. But there are people who have to believe, well, I believe they're telling us the truth. They're not. They're lying to you. Even when they're telling you the truth, they're kind of lying. So if you're being tortured, should you give up? Well, I don't know. That's a choice you have to make. If I had stage four cancer, which I don't think I do, I doubt I do, I feel kind of weak and tired, but I think it's because of the way that I've been living and I've chosen how to live. But if I had stage four cancer, which means it was multi-system, tumors everywhere, knowing what I know about the healthcare system, knowing how incredibly broken it is, knowing how toxic and grotesque and non-functional big pharma is, if I had that choice, I'd probably say, fuck you. I will live long enough. If you want to give me a little bit of fentanyl to take home just so that I don't have to do something else, fine. Give me whatever. But no, I'm not going to fucking do the fucking let's just take every poison and, and just have a terrible six or eight weeks. No, I don't think so. I don't think that they're going to help me or save me. I don't have faith in their science. And when I say their science, science is a method. What they've done, for the most part, is turned it into a religion. So when I say their science, I'm not criticizing the scientific method. I'm criticizing their pseudo-rationalistic bullshit. I don't need it. If you want to believe that shit works, that's your fucking choice. So let's just remove that from the table. Okay? What you do with something like that is your own fucking business. But what if it's psychological torture that you know... You know because your government-funded studies to prove this, you know statistically will kill people. 
You know this. The Nazis knew it. Our government learned it. They all have known it for decades. Most of you, they knew it before you were born. They knew that there were ways in which you could fuck with people at such a scale that people would just start dropping dead. Heart attacks, diabetes, you name it. People would simply die just like the fucking monkeys with a little magical lever. If you're in that situation like the monkey and you're holding the fucking lever and now you're in the random game, which means that even if you hold the fucking lever, the fucking Nazi fucking research scientists at Brown or Harvard or MIT, even if you're holding the lever, now you're in the randomized part. Okay? So even if you hold the fucking lever, they're still going to shock you in the testicles. And this will go on every day until they've decided the experiment is over and you as a monkey have no fucking idea what day that is. You just know that every fucking day you're going to be shocked in the testicles whether you hold that fucking lever or not. Until you die. Here's what I would say about that scenario, so we can go on to the next topic. Um, though I'm thinking I might do more than one podcast because this is going long already. But here's what I would say about this scenario, um, and maybe close out the podcast here. And then I got other notes for other podcasts. Isn't this brilliant? As a Christian, I think if we have faith in Christ, if we can maintain our faith in Christ, that's our key. It doesn't mean things will be easy. I don't really think it works like that. I think you can pray for good things, and I think the Lord in heaven delivers as much as the Lord in heaven can. But if you're simply saying, can I pray for a BMW, or can I pray for Biden to not be president, or something like that, no, I don't think so. Because I think these are things that generally involve people and I think the Lord in heaven wants us to make choices and wants us to learn. And this just doesn't include our own individual choices. The Lord in heaven wants us to learn from other people's dumb choices too. It's kind of one of the ways we monkeys do things. So do I think the Lord in heaven easily pulls us out of the scraps? No. Does that, and so what does that mean? I, it, I don't know. If this is not the verge, the... Um, the eve of the tribulation, then it just means ordinary satanic bullshit in ordinarily crazy historical times, and we should do the best we can to keep our faith and keep trying. And if it were the tribulation, the same thing applies, I think. You know? I think when it comes to this psychological torture, it's not easy, and I gotta say, on some days it's near impossible. But we have to rebuke it. But you also have to forgive yourself. Because if you wake up one of these days and say, this is bullshit, this is crap, this makes me angry, you need to forgive yourself if you wake up days like that. If 
if three or four days out of the week you wake up like that, you need to forgive yourself. I think you need to just do that because we have to. This is a terrible situation. This is some type of agenda that involves trauma-based mind control for reasons I don't fully understand. I think some days I understand, but I don't know. I don't really know for sure. All I know is that every day there's some new fear monkey, some new trauma monkey, some new kind of bullshit to make people angry and stressed out and immobilized and sick. It's a lot like in that film, A Clockwork Orange, where they have a device that keeps your eyelids open and they make you watch the screen and you can't not watch it. They force you to watch a movie. That's what it's like for a lot of us right now, especially if you live in a city. Maybe mainly if you live in a city, but given that roughly 80% of all Americans live in an urban city-type environment, yeah. Most of you out there either live in the city or very fucking close to it. And so in a lot of cases, especially if you live someplace like Seattle, you have to see this nonsense. Last summer, this nonsense was marching by my building every fucking Sunday, it seemed like, doing something stupid. All of it completely ridiculous, all of it absurd. And what I learned early on is that even with the fucking masks on, they definitely didn't want the bicycle cops that were pretending to be Antifa to be filmed. I learned that. I also learned that people get suckered. That people see rubber cones and they don't fucking get it. Okay? Listen, I said this a year ago, I will keep saying it. Things get real when you see anchored triple-strand concertina wire, also known as razor wire. If you start seeing that shit and it is unmistakable, and if you don't know what it looks like, go to this thing called the internet while it still lasts. And look up a picture of anchored triple-strand concertina wire. Because when you see that, then I can tell you it's getting real. But if you see rubber cones, if you see the BLM Antifa freak commies doing the hokey pokey with the Portland police, if you see strategic burning whereby local real estate people can walk in the next day, and start building their low-rent cubetopia, then what you're looking at is bullshit. And, and I think, you know, so you have to forgive yourself for that bullshit. Another thing, too, when the real shit hits, and I don't know if it will, I don't know if this society is going to unravel immediately anytime soon, but when it does, they're not going to tell you about it. I know it's a cliche, the revolution won't be televised. The reason why they turn that into a cliche, because they want you to believe it's false. No, the, you know, the revolution won't be televised. That's a true statement. If they can keep the actions of people hidden from other people, per the discussion on how monkeys learn, yeah, if they can keep the monkey logic out of it, they will. Because if they actually showed people standing up for their dignity, if they showed people doing that all over the place, then I do think things could turn. It's possible. I don't know why they're doing what they're doing. There is a dark interpretation I've gone over before. I've discussed. I don't like talking about it because I think it is a kind of fear-mongering. And I don't want to fear-monger. I don't want to sell you nothing but fear. But it is 
a mystery to me that they've decided to do the PSYOP they're doing, the never-ending trauma monkey bullshit PSYOP. It's a mystery to me that I have not resolved. Because if they keep doing this, they're definitely killing people. So one of the few conclusions you can come to is they don't care if they torture people to death on a very large scale. That is also what they're doing with this bullshit. They are, at a global scale, torturing men, women, and children to death. They're doing this with their bullshit CDC, World Health Organization guidance. They're doing this with their fear-mongering torture schemes. They're doing this with their lies and deception and their plastic boxes. But yeah, and it's not everybody. But I gotta say, statistically speaking, if they're only doing this to a few percentage points here and there, then I think the number's getting big on a global scale. And that's the number they want to convince you is COVID, by the way. The murdered, the suicide, the untreated cancer, the diabetes, they want you to believe that number is the COVID. So if Andrew Cuomo murders Grandpa Joe, don't worry because little niece Marisa is going to report on Andrew to the, you know, to the New York Times about something that happened. Oh, it was really bad. What happened to Grandpa Joe again? We have this lurid story. What happened to Grandpa Joe? What happened to Grandpa Joe? You see, that's the great thing, if I can circle back on the Andrew Cuomo bullshit. Nobody cares what happened to Grandpa Joe at this point. Nobody cares that he was murdered. Nobody cares because they've got this other story, this sexy, lurid, fucking trauma monkey. The right balance of serotonin and dopamine while you're on Twitter. So that's how I want to end the conversation and perhaps this podcast. My advice is do the best you can. Forgive yourself for being down. I've been down more than once. I woke up today, I made a decision that as a 50-year-old man, I should not be proud of, but I made a decision. I said, today I have the money to go get drunk and I'm not going to. There are choices we can all make. Tomorrow, I might wake up and say, I'm going to go for a walk, despite the fact that every time I see one of those motherfuckers and every time they give me that look or try to make a comment, it makes me angry. And I don't think that's good for my health. But instead, I'm going to try to go for a walk tomorrow and ignore these motherfuckers and pretend as if I'm on planet Dan. And I live in the Republic of Dan, also known as Rod. And the Republic of Dan is an actual free republic. And you can join Rod anytime you want to. If you want to join Rod. Yeah. Republic of Dan. I could do that. I could just do my Rod thing and just walk out there. Listen, Republic of Dan, I don't know why you scrumbo freaks are wearing these face tampons. I'm fairly certain if you opened them up, you'd find dead insects and asbestos broken glass, and fingernails from workers in Wuhan. You know, probably. Maybe even bits of finger. I've seen some of those videos of people opening up those fucking masks, and it looks rank and gross and disgusting. And that's reality. So I say hang on. I say don't give up. I also think it's your life. And how you do things is up to you. 
I do think that people are being tortured to death psychologically, a lot like those monkey experiments from the 60s. And I think that they're, they're doing this on purpose. And once you understand and recognize that there is no way they couldn't know that this would be an outcome based on all their research, based on everything we know about them, once you realize there's no way that this can be an oops, as I've said before, then it is a very dark place to find yourself. Forgive yourself for being in that place. Forgive yourself for waking up some days and maybe deciding to go drink some beer or do something that, frankly, is not going to help. Forgive yourself for being angry and sad, but don't give up. Don't give up. That's It's the simple, stupidest advice I can give to people at this point. And if you're a Christian, remember that, you know... We have Christ with us at all times. We have the Holy Spirit. We have every tool we need to make it through. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean it's going to be smooth. But we have these tools. And if you're not a Christian, if you're simply a person that believes in freedom like I do, I don't know for certain how we are going to find ourselves in the world we need to be in to survive. But I do know that those of us that believe in freedom aren't going to stop until we find it or we die. And that I do think is important to accept. That if you do seek out a life of dignity and freedom at this point, you're either going to find it or you're going to die. I don't think there is a middle road for us now. I don't think there is, well, I'll just do the vaccine or I'll just do this, I'll just do that. No, I don't think, that, I don't think that's on the menu. So I do think we have choices, and I don't think they have to be violent or revolutionary. It doesn't have to be about that. But we do have choices we need to make. And I know this sounds ambiguous and vague. Guess what? It's intended to be. There is something in the world of liberty called counter-economics, but also you could just simply say the black market. We still have a choice to occupy those spaces where we can still express some freedom. And so I would say that's where you should put your effort, in the practical, healthy, productive ways in which we can still express freedom. There may not be many of those ways left, but there are, there are still a few. You know, I had a friend recently, in like the last day or so, my friend Jim, who's had great success with his Valiant Communities Initiative. And so there's still stuff out there where people can do something. It's not easy. But I will say, if you wake up some days and, there's, and you think there's no hope, forgive yourself for that. Because it feels like that a lot. Doesn't mean it's true, but it does feel like that. And for all those other ones out there, living out there, the, the scrumbo freaks, the gronkus lords, the crypts and the bloods, for all the old grumpet gangs and the cloven hoof folk and the different types of warlords from sector 2.8 for all you folks out there still fighting the battle of the sewers the battle of the sewers against the giant cockroach beast and the and the frogs from venus for those of you valiantly fighting deep below the surface of the earth, cut yourself some slack. Some days you wake up, you just don't want to fight the, the giant mole rat. You don't want to fight the, the eyeless, 
albino tiger, the, the ground tiger. You don't want to fight the crocodiles of the, the mud. You don't want to, but you do because you don't give up, right, man? Don't give up. And that's good advice. Whether you're battling beneath the, the surface of the earth or whether you're on the surface of the earth and you're dealing with all this crooked, wretched, psychological operation, toxic bullshit. Do your best you can. Do the best you can to tune out the lies and embrace the truth.